these combos We gon' show you how the world goes AG combos We gon' show you how the world goes AG combos We gon' show you how the world goes Take a look at the world We living in it falling apart Quick to flash muscle and guns But don't show hard Time to spark a conversation Let that be a lesson Speak the truth in the booth Yeah, I saw this story earlier, man, about uh, a Karen. Uh, this lady was driving through a Burger King. She was trying to drive into a Burger King drive-thru, mm -hmm. and she missed it. She missed the entrance until the little, you know how they oh, have the, the little, little cutoff thing, right. or whatever. So she goes around the building, and by the time she gets back to the drive-in spot, another somebody, lady. Somebody was in front of her. Is in front of her. And there was another lady behind her. So Karen <laughs> decides she go fucking pull right up to this lady car and start honking on her horn. Beep, 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 you know. Like, she next. Like looked at her like, what the fuck is she doing? She never even saw it, right? right. She just pulled she up in the drive-thru line. Right. Didn't think nothing of it. This bitch jumps out the car and stands in front of her car. Wow. And said, I ain't moving. She next. I'm next. You ain't, this ain't, this ain't you. So it's my turn. <laughs> so she literally stood there and called the police. Oh, wow. And said, oh, this lady is, you know, she cut me in line and she's threatening me and blah, blah, blah. So... My first rant is the whole Karen issue. We know that the Karen issue is really a lot about race. Right. It's race based. Yeah. Right. But I don't think the racial discriminatory part of it is really the issue. Right. The real issue is the weaponizing of the 911 phone call. Yeah. Like, bitch, you go do what I tell you to do or I'm going to call the cops on your black ass. You know what I mean? Now, they'll never say that out loud. Yeah. Because you probably get slapped. But ultimately, for all the Karens out there listening, and I, there's probably some Karens that listen to my show. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> if not, like there's Karen. definitely some white people that know some Karens. Right, right. You know what I mean? This is how, this is what we hear yeah. when you say you're going to go back to Africa or go back to Asia or go back to wherever, or I'm going to call the cops. You're going to get out of my way or give me the service that I don't you know, uh, uh, deserve at this point, or I'm going to call the cops. And when I call the cops, they're going to see a minority being aggressive towards a white person. And I'm going to be in a privileged position. And you're probably going to get your ass handed to you, if not killed. And I don't care because you shouldn't be here in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's what we hear. Yeah. When Karen says you are in my space. Yeah. We hear that whole conversation take place. Yeah, all that. And I don't think a lot of people realize how, you know, how convoluted it is for us, like how far that conversation goes for us. That's why there's so much animosity towards these individuals when they make these comments, when they start talking about you can't park here, or, you can't drive here, or, you don't belong in this community or what are you doing? We hear that whole conversation taking place in our heads and it's like, no, this chick really don't think she's entitled to something 
that's free and clear because I'm an American citizen that I'm not entitled to. Right. Oh my God, man. Did, did you hear about the two kids in Florida? No. Bonnie and Clyde, they calling them? No. So these two fucking teenage kids, one's like 14, a little blind 14, 15 year old girl, and this little 12 year old boy. Okay. 15 and 12? 15 and 12. 14 and 12, actually. Wow. They break out of, or they, they run away from a group home. Okay. They're basically just trying to figure out what kind of mischief they can get into. They break into this nice ass house down in Florida. Somebody call the police. Well, police show up in this house. There's two or three pistols, a couple of pump shotguns, fucking AK-47. Cops show up. These motherfuckers break out the window and open fire on the police. What? They did not fire a single shot at, at the these house. kids. Wow. The cop is basically sitting behind a tree. Bullets running. Pew, pew, pew. You hear him. He's and he's looking like, oh, she's racking the shotgun again. Oh, she broke out a window. She's firing an AK-47 out of the window. Pop, 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 pop. She just literally is. And they supposedly the kids was referencing GTA, Grand Theft Auto, which don't mean wow. a hill of fucking beans to me. Doesn't mean anything. Right. But the cop is basically going. So his supervisor, supervising officers on the phone, like, yeah, they're kids. Let's just let it run its course. Dude, like, I'm taking direct fire. Yeah, yeah, but don't worry about it. Let's just let this thing play itself out. Just take hard cover and wait it out. That's what the cop is telling this dude as he's standing behind a tree getting shot at. Just take hard cover. You'll be all right. Wow. He had to be thinking, like, what the fuck are you talking about? If they were black, we'd have just blew the whole fucking house yeah, up and been done been like, with it. They would like, bring SWAT in. We're yeah, to... we're just going to tear it down. Yeah. But So eventually, the kids make their way out of the house. The girl gets shot. Supposedly, she got shot. Her father's on TV crying. Oh, my daughter got shot in the neck. She shows up at court. She shows up for the mug shot. They ain't got a single bandage on her, no wounds. She shows up at the uh, court hearing, looking completely normal, right. walking on her own accord. Yet, Tamir Rice was dead before the fucking police car even stopped. Two seconds in, he's dead with a toy. With a These toy motherfuckers are literally opening fire on him. Do not shoot at that house. And the, and the cop is going, please don't make me do this. Please don't make me do this. Please don't make me do this. I don't want to shoot at these kids. And they didn't. They never did. Until wow. she finally came downstairs with the fucking AK and continued to shoot at him. Then one of them actually took a shot at her and put wow. her down. And then the 12-year-old boy come walking down like, ah, oh, she made me do it. Wow. And her mother, I saw this post. So I'm looking at this video. Her mother posts on YouTube. Oh, you know, she's been like this since she was about 18 months old. She's a great kid. She just has some issues, some difficulties. I love you, baby, blah, blah, blah. And her father like, oh, my daughter's no thug. Police were like, well, but they're you, coming from a group home, though. Yeah, and you do know your daughter's been arrested a few times. She set a house on fire. Oh, wow. So it ain't like she's the fucking role model student. You know what I mean? But it's like, damn, how the hell does you, how do you live through that? This girl, in, remember this girl in Columbus, she had a knife in her hand and they lit her ass they up. They lit her up. In front of her family. In front of everybody. These two girls are by themselves, or this boy and this girl, they're by themselves. Tamir was 12. He was 12. He never got a shot at. Tamir got killed. She 14, burning houses down, break away. From, she yeah, she supposedly got grazed. 
It's 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 it se- it seems like they basically saying that we are as a race expend- expendable. Like, Actually, what I think has happened is that like you said you get to hear a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm relatable, not to sound cocky, but people can hey, vibe with me. You on AG's convos. Everybody around this motherfucker sound cocky. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. We, it ain't it ain't what we intend to yeah. do. It's just right. how people take we it. Just so know don't take it. Yeah. And we tell them, I, I know I'm good at this. Art know he good at that. You know you you know you good at that. Mm-hmm. Drag your, drag your nuts one drag time. Okay. Nuts. <laughs> drag your boobies. In my mind, when I hear blended families, I also think about broken families. Absolutely. Because there was something prior to. Right. So when you blend this, you have baggage. Two broken families. Yes. Trying to make it work. Exactly. Absolutely. And I, I brought up to you Nick Cannon. Yes, you did. And he we... annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> he annoys him and him too. What Nick do, man? <laughs> so we have this gentleman here um, that has purposely created broken families for his own selfish needs. I, I hear his I hear from you. his words. Right. I've done this on purpose. Right. I have created children with multiple women. Right. And I know I'm not about to be with them. I know I'm not going to be in a household with them. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to create a broken home. Now, I have a responsibility, in my opinion as a woman, men have a responsibility to then be the head of your household. How can you then be the head of a household that you're not in? Right. I mean, you, you're, you're saying that I'm, I'm creating this because of whatever he's gone through in his life. Right. But you, you just... You having sex and dropping babies. Yeah, I, I just think that when when you got people like that who got who are financially like capable mm-hmm. of taking care of multiple families, mm-hmm. they feel like that's enough. But mm-hmm. you're you're not there though. Right. Even though you providing these pe- these these baby mamas you got with all this bread mm-hmm. and they able to provide for their family and do whatever they got to do, they still don't have a father at home. Right. Cuz you can't be everywhere. It's impossible. So if she has the children and she's now missing something because he's gone and to your point, she finds somebody that's interested or that's at least willing to pretend Mm -hmm. like he will accept that whole branch of her family with or without the baby daddy is because that's his new name. Mm -hmm. He's no longer (laughs) ex-husband. He's no longer ex-anything. He's baby daddy from Mm -hmm. that point forward, no matter what the relationship was, because that's what he is to the new dude. And that's, that's what she's going to portray to portray mm-hmm. him as. So that's what he's going to be seen as. But the question becomes, how much time and effort do women really put into defining or identifying that next relationship for the sake of the blending of the families, which means the protection of the children, the best interests of the children, the maintaining the relationship the child has with the actual birth father. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's when you start to see issues with blended families. Because the fact of the matter is, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, that relationship fall apart. Mm -hmm. If that individual decides to go in a new direction and I can still feel comfortable about my child's safety, be happy. Hell, if I wanted to make you happy, I wouldn't have left you. I wouldn't let you leave me. I wouldn't have done the things that caused you to leave me. So I'm not going to really pursue it in that negative you know, context, but to men, it seems so vindictive Mm -hmm. when the woman says, I can replace you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to create this blended family 
when all you're really doing is breaking my child's family that much for, that much further because now they got to try to associate with somebody that probably would rather not be bothered with him. He's just putting up with me because of you. Right. You know right. what I mean? That's when I think the blended family becomes a much bigger issue. Yeah. But you got to you got to you got to good guys. You got to guys oh, who yeah. really come in and actually do the stepfather thing. Like I'm gonna treat my kid, I'm gonna treat your kid like I treat my kid. Right. But then you got your your baby daddies who be like, oh, I don't want him around my kids, or mm. right. oh, uh, he better not put his hands on my kids, and all types of stuff like that. And it's like, dude, if I can't discipline your kid and you're not disciplining your kid, how are we going to raise this kid? Right. You know what I'm saying? Can we have that conversation? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I with, with, I think father, <laughs> if you're going to break up a, a family, mm-hmm. I think a baby father and the next man that's going to step up to the plate should definitely have a conversation. They should have a conversation. About that kid. And if kids. she respected the future of the child enough, she would understand she would the make significance that of yeah. that conversation. Fast forward a little bit. The ex decides she's going to get into a new relationship. Now, again, Mm -hmm. I'm going to save the Mm -hmm. context of that (laughs) for a different topic. But, you know, I was never aware of the fact that this other individual was a part of the equation. Especially not at the time when we made adjustments to our, you know, our custody. Right. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm being pursued for this custodial opportunity for her obligation for her okay well, it's part of our plan let's let's make it happen you know tell me about her living room arrangements you know keep in mind my daughter was 10 11 years old at this point hadn't spent more than a couple of years with you period and for a couple of years we were still married right so you're kind of a stranger you know what i mean oh no 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 it's just me and her okay cool my daughter get there there's a man living there I'm like, you know what? I'm not in a position to tell you who can and can't live in your house. But first off, you didn't have to lie. Right. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. You got you got a man living there. You got a man living there. I don't care. Has but if my me. daughter is going to be living in the company of another man who I ain't never met before, we probably we don't have a problem. That's why I said that conversation problem. has right. to happen. That conversation. Yeah. And she, she intentionally ensured that it didn't happen. Yeah. Can't stop me from talking to somebody, though. So I called this motherfucker up. I'm like, hey, man, look. I don't know who you are. Don't really give a shit. I hope you get her pregnant again so she can get the fuck off my back. <laughs> please. But I need to know who Help the fuck me, you are, blah, blah, blah. Right? right. She wouldn't let me talk to him. She put the phone on speaker. Go ahead. Say what you got to say. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, hey, bro. You going to let her listen in on this? She, she going to tell you? Because she's literally telling him, don't, don't answer that. Don't say this. Don't say that. Really? And I'm like, mm. damn. I'm like... That ain't even why I divorced her. Right. Because that shit would never fly in my house. Right. What the f- I'm like, bro, you, you really about you to You this trash? <laughs> He's like, hey, man, I, I, I just, I don't want to cause no problem. I'm like, oh, okay, we got one of them. I said, well, I'm done trying to talk to you. Let me right. just lay down the tracks. I see yeah. why she's with you. Right. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, trust me. Wait till we get to that conversation. <laughs> I thought the age gap between me and mine was crazy. No. Mm. This motherfucker hadn't even made it to high school before... We got divorced. (laughs) Still on a 10 speed. Yeah. (laughs) He he, put it this way he's closer to my daughter's age than he is to my Mm. ex wife's age. Wow. Right. Mm. But that that just further elevated the sense of urgency. Yeah. Like, where, what was the the goal here? You know what I mean? 
That's a different story. But the point being, we never really had that conversation. He didn't have the balls to have that conversation without her oversight. And by the time I came to realize that, I didn't really see a value in the conversation anymore. Or he probably just didn't know how to. He was well, he definitely didn't. even figure he, it out. He, yeah. he didn't know what he was getting himself he into. He was fucking. Right. Well, they were married, but... Just like that, they were married. That don't mean that he wasn't fucking. Oh, I know what yeah. he was doing. <laughs> they was fucking. And yeah. he just, just like got that, they up. were married. Just like that, they right. had a kid. Just like that, they had a second one. And just like that, he was gone. Yeah. You know, I had every intention on spending this podcast really just talking about the GB7 podcast. Oh, that's wow. And that's <laughs> mainly because, you know, I listen to him every week. Yeah. You know, and every week he started off his show the same way. How was your week? You record with Art. What y'all talk about every, time. every week. You know what I mean? And I feel like because his podcast is more conversational. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's I don't want to say haphazard, but it's just let's talk let's let's first do our introductions, make yeah. sure everybody good, nobody's sick, nobody and got nobody hurt got this weekend. No kind of nothing on their mind right now. Right. The team isn't is is still moving in the right direction. Yeah. Now I got a few topics I want to break yeah, up. And let's, we hit just go, let's hit them. Right. We just go hit those topics. That's his show. For me though, it's more like this happened or this incident or this topic or this whatever is what I want to dig into today. I want to deep dive into something that people yeah. don't like talking about. Yeah. And we're still gonna do that today. Yeah. But I don't give the GB seven podcast the time and attention it deserves for what it amounts to yeah. as a show. Because you know, as as organic as his show is, it really speaks to a group of people that don't have much representation. No. Much like Links Not Change. Yeah. That's why Links Not Change exists, because nobody's talking to that group. Nobody's talking to those people. And in the same capacity, nobody's talking for the group that GB7 Podcast is talking to. Yeah. But Dave. And yeah. he does it very... You know, matter of factly, very comfortably, with with no disregard. You know what I mean? He he he's not asking it's, for anything in return. It's just his comfort zone. It's a lot of bitches on there. There's a right. lot of crazy stuff going on. But it's just the that that's what we grew up in. Yeah, that's our world. That's and that's the, the world right. world. You know what right. I'm saying? Like we, it, uh, I I feel on like this podcast. It's more of we understand what world we came to, but we're trying to make that world our world a little bit better and the people right. around us world a little bit better. Right. Which is great. You know what I'm saying? Dave right. is just like, let's just go in this boy raw and just uncut and just say what we want to say. Of course, down the line on the GB7 podcast, we'll get a little bit more serious coming up. We'll have a few guests that's kind of more serious, so we'll right. have to professional it up a little bit. But for the most part, we just come down here and just kick shit. Right. Thinking, looking back at how Dave created the energy that has become not just GB Entertainment, but every element of what we're doing. Yeah, every AG's element. AG's Convos, GB7 Podcast. Nigga, he pressured you hard yeah, to start your own He was getting on my fucking nerves. To start your own podcast. Like, dude, if you don't start that podcast, I need it done now. And I'm like, dude, who bosses you? Right. But <laughs> his in his head, this is how everything was going to And come it was a matter out. of timing. And he would, yeah. that was the one part he got right. He said, look, we got to strike while the iron is hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? He and was then, like, dude, we got everything we need. All we got to do is just do it. Put it out there. And if it wasn't for me starting this podcast, GB7 or GB Entertainment wouldn't exist. Oh, no. Because we wouldn't have been down here. You wouldn't even I wouldn't have been here. that. I wouldn't have been that intrigued. Intrigued. Yeah. And, and invested 
and because you, you know, definitely did your research. Curious, yeah, because well, that's the thing. You know, that's <laughs> that's what makes me who I am. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll see something and go, huh, that might be interesting. But it, it's not until I really say, I wonder what it really amounts to that I started doing that deep dive. And Man. once I started, I didn't really dive into podcasting. I didn't really dive into entertainment or audio engineering because that's not what I do. Yeah, I dove into the outreach component of it. Like, man, I didn't realize how far this thing stretched and how much opportunity this created to connect with so many different types of people. Then it became a matter of who's not being connected with. Yeah. And that's how Links Not Chains got started because that was a group that wasn't being connected with. Even though you was heavy with them, it was like, dude, nobody knows that I'm doing this. Right. Nobody knows about Links Not Chains. I mean, the people that know about it know about it, but nobody knows. But this gave it a platform. This gave it a platform. Instantly. Right. And now you got people listening to it and they're like, oh, shit. It's a Links Not Chains. It's a nonprofit organization. I'm like, okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And, and it's something, you know, it's an inner, we're inner city dudes. You know what I mean? And it's hard to convince people to invest their time and energy into something that's happening in the hood, mm-hmm. especially when they're not from it, especially when they don't understand how it works, especially when they're afraid of it. So many people are afraid of what we are, yeah. what we represent, what we do, where we come from, to the point where they're like, I don't know what to make of this, so I'm going to just keep walking. But now they can associate it with somebody that they do know, somebody yeah. that has elevated above that environment into their environment and is now saying... You know, no, I'm not going to because a lot of people get to my position and they say, OK, left the hood, stand out. Yeah, stand out. Don't want nothing to do with what's going nothing. on I'm there. I'm not they, reaching back there right. for nothing. But I'm I make it a point and, and my character is more of a OK, I've accelerated beyond this environment. Now, I'm going to take this new environment by the hand and bring them back yeah. into this environment. I'm not going to lock you in it. I'm not going to push you into it. You can't hustle a hustler. You can't hustle a hustler. And that's what made me so good at sales. Yeah. You know, I knew when somebody was trying to get over, I'm like, dude, I see this shit coming a mile and a half away. Yeah. He, you know, I had a uh, I had a mentor back in the day. He used to say all the time, the book you read and I wrote it. It was like, it was like the perfect line for him. He was like 80 something. You know what I mean? It, I couldn't bullshit this guy to save my life. He'd look at me like, no, it's not. That's not true. That's not. No. I know that's what you think, that's but that's think. not what's actually going through your head. You know what I mean? And he woke me up to the the reality that, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that I'm trying to deal with or nothing that I'm experiencing that he hadn't already been through. I the love book you're reading, I wrote it. Don't. You ain't going to tell me nothing. Very briefly, because it's extremely <laughs> sensitive. So my dude posted a hypothetical question on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And this hypothetical question, well, shout out to Dane. I, Nitty, hey, listen, I said I was going to bring it up, so I can't not do it. I don't lie to nobody. Right. I said, I'm going to bring it up on the pod, so I'm going to bring it up on the pod. But I am not giving it a lot of attention <laughs> because it is too delicate of a topic. When I told Alonzo I was going to bring this up, he was like, yeah, we don't need no links, not change we this week. No, <laughs> we don't need no links, not change this week at all. So he brings up this hypothetical about 
a couple that's going through their challenges and at some point one or the other partner decides to cheat. Mm. And the question became, the question was, once that cheating, after that cheating has happened, the question was, what did you learn from it? What did you learn from the cheating experience? And what party are you saying? The person who cheated, what did they learn? The, the person that didn't cheat asked the person that did, what did you learn from that experience? Hmm. Which is a kind of an intriguing AG's convos type of fucking question. Now, I'm not going to spend another hour talking about nah. this because it's too it's too delicate a topic. But it does pose the question of, first off, what I think was interesting about it is the fact that it asked the question, what did you learn from the, the act of doing it? Yeah, which act. means you have already done it. Yeah. Which means you've already probably ruin the relationship between you and the individual or you've at least challenged it yeah you challenged it to, right? to the to the tippity top of challenge to the tippity top right now you've challenged it because of what that individual's expectations are what was interesting about some of the responses because i read through all of the responses and which was why i said i wanted to bring this up and it was because so many of the women were saying you, it doesn't matter. What I learned is he's not trustworthy. He's mm. not worth this. I made a mistake. Blah, blah, blah. It was all about the emotional reaction of learning that you had been cheated on. Yeah. It was all about the pain that that, that person experienced because of what they had been subjected to. It had nothing to do with the reason why that person did it. Right. The reason. The men that were responding were just kind of like observing this conversation take place. But a lot of the women were like, how dare you even ask that question? What could possibly be learned from this experience? It's a lot. A lot. Like a why lot. I did it. You know like, what I mean? Like what, what, what made, what led you to even step out of our relationship period? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Where's what did, what did I do to deserve that? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I, it had to be something that I did or wasn't providing. It ain't right. even got to be that I was mad at you. And it's, it's just something that you wasn't providing. Just for to be you. clear, we're not assuming that the man cheated on the woman or, or the, that the woman, woman cheated, cheated on the, the man. man. Right. Because it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But the person who's being, but the person who's been cheated on, of course, their feelings has been totally demolished. demolished. Right. So at the end of the day, for you to learn, even when you learned that your partner cheated on you, mm -hmm. however you learned it, 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 it resonates a totally different way. It's instantly right. in the whole realm of what you were saying, like, oh, he, he cheated on me. It's, it's curtains. He's the worst of the worst. He's the right. worst of the worst. But how bad did you have to be that he decided to do that? Dude. To me, that's the underlying point of the, top, the conversation. went through it, dude. I've, yeah. been, I've been cheated on. And still, at the at that moment when I was cheated on, at first I was, I had that resentment. Like, why? Like, why would you do that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what did, what did I, I do, I do? deserve this? Right. But then when the conversation came up of what was going on and why it happened, because it definitely was a conversation had. I understood, like, and see, I was lacking in some areas that I just wasn't doing my job. And this is why I don't want to spend a lot of time yeah, talking about it's this hard. conversation. It's hard, because the fact of the matter is, one, 
anybody that's being cheated on that that's been cheated on, if they are humble enough to acknowledge their own faults, they know why it happened. They know why. You may not speak to it. You may hate the person for doing it, but you know why it happened. No you don't why. have you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to own it any more than he needs to explain it or she needs to explain, explain it, it to you. Yeah. Because you already know. Yeah. To me, that's the bigger takeaway. The bigger so takeaway. what did the cheater learn? They learned that they were willing to satisfy themselves in the midst of this uncomfortable or unfortunate relationship. Whether the person cheated or learned, they learned that that individual cares enough about themselves to not be limited to what you choose to do wrong. Exactly. That's the black and white of cheating. That's exactly. Sorry. That, that, that was perfectly said. There's no other way to put it. Don't <laughs> nobody do this said. shit to hurt your feelings. They do it to make the dealership do it. Yeah. Dude, I go in there and they like, uh, you wouldn't be interested in giving up this vehicle, would you? It's like, why the fuck would I do that? He was like, the fact of the matter is we don't have cars. Right. So we go out to the lot. Dude, they got 23 used vehicles and 16 new vehicles. And that's it. Wow. So when you drive anybody, drive through town, look at the dealership lots. Most of the spaces are empty. Yeah, I've seen and that. And most of the cars are used. He's like, we praying. We're literally praying that people trade in their leases or trade in something that we're you know, in need of or just willing to sell us a car. And I was like, wow. I don't know, bro. Good right. luck. Good he luck was with like, that. Well, let me make you an offer. And I could not refuse that motherfucker. What'd he say? He, get, he offered me more than I owed on it. Oh, wow. And fact of the matter is, that was before I had to put the $3,500 in the brakes and the tires. And I was like, damn. Because if I say no, I got to pay this extra just to be able to drive it because it's getting to that point. So I was like, fuck it. The spaceship is gone. So what'd you do? I sold it to him. And what's, what you got now? Nothing? The pickup. So you just gave the car up? I sold it to him. You gave the car up. <laughs> I'm sorry now. I, you gave away the station. Oh, man. I don't, I, care. Was... I don't care if you sold it and got some money for it. I, you sold the spaceship. I, I, I had to, man. It, at that point, it was a business decision. You know? I mean, like, at the end of the day, if he offered you more, then that's that's fine. I, I understand that. But, man, fuck them. <laughs> We driving spaceships around Man, here. Yeah, when I told my wife, she was like, you did what? Right. Yeah, I couldn't say nothing because it was like, I know everybody going to flip out when they hear this Oh, shit, my man. God. You done gave away the spaceship. I right? did not give it away. I got something in return for I'm it. I'm pretty sure you did, but <laughs> to everybody else, you, right, gave, you it gave it away, it. though. Like Everybody <laughs> like, oh, my God, no, he didn't give away the spaceship. The Audi is gone. Damn. But I kept, you know, I had a personalized plate. You know, the way I looked at it, man, I'm like, all right. I could take that money and put it into the trucking company. I could put another vehicle on my fleet. On your fleet you know what yeah. I mean? And I could use the proceeds from that to buy my next Audi. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm going to keep my rings. I kept the, the plate. You know, it's 100% me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, this, this ain't long term. I took all of my lights and shit off. And I'm like, I'm, anything I put on it, I'm taking off. Yeah, everything You go get what go. the fuck you gave yeah. me. What you gave you me, know yeah. I mean? There was, now, some of the things I couldn't take off. I couldn't yeah. take off that clear bra. I couldn't take off my ceramic coating. You know, I still put 
probably five, six grand into that card that mm. they can now resell to somebody else. But and, and get more money for it. You're right. Hey, man, it, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I enjoyed it. It wasn't I mean, at the end of his life, it's obviously. A car, it's a card, it's a car. It depreciated as soon as you bought it. Right. <laughs> and now I can use it as an investment towards my business, you yeah, know, with mean, the proceeds. Yeah, so. And you and you have another car, so it's not really Right. It problem. didn't really hurt me there, and yeah. I can always buy another one. So I'm like, yeah, I'm paying cash for some updated spaceship type shit. So, yeah, yeah. man. That's how, it's, that's how my week started. Gone. At least I got the ride in the bitch a few times. <laughs> God damn. That's how my week started, man, and it just snowball from there man all kinds of crazy shit going mm. on all good though you know well not all good you know some we'll talk about it i think we need to go into depth about it about a couple of things that i've been encountering here lately and a lot of that is built around people trying to get out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's exactly what that amounted to for me i was holding on to something you know, material. Yeah. I had a, I had a connection with a vehicle and I'm like, but this isn't helping you grow. You yeah. know what I mean? You can get rid of this and grow faster. Cause all I'm doing is dumping a shitload of money. Cause that car was, it was probably four times what I pay for my pickup. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, why would I do that? When I could take that same money and either put it in my pocket or put it in my business, yeah. Yeah. you know? So yeah, it's a sacrifice. Yeah, you, but you it's gotta, a material. One. It's all about sacrifice when you're right. trying to do big things, though. Yeah, and it's all about getting outside of that which you know to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And we've we've discussed it plenty of times, you know. But I found myself over the last few days really talking to people about, you know, some of the things that they're hesitant to do for themselves. You know, it's if it's time, it's time. Can nobody tell you it's time? You mm -hmm. know, it's time. But if it's time, go ahead and make that happen, man, because you're really running out of time. Yeah. You know, and I was just telling somebody that we're talking about opportunities. And the thing about opportunities is opportunities is like anything else in life. They're they're very flighty. You know, they yeah. come and they go. And if you don't seize one, if you wait too long to actually take one and put it to use, then you'll lose it. You lose and you'll it. probably lose the next one because you wasted too much time thinking about this one instead of just doing it. And seeing what comes of it. And I think there's a lot of fear involved in that. You know, a lot of people are like, well, what if it don't work? You know what I mean? And that speaks directly to the topic of the conversation today. You know what I mean? We got the uh, the Expressions of Love event through the Links Not Chains effort that's going to be coming up August 14th. It's what we came in here to talk about. You know, I've been talking about this nonprofit direction that I'm trying to go in with relations to the business segments that we're doing. Everybody know who Alonzo is. Everybody know that to be step one in the process. Everybody know my training process to be step three of the process. I've mentioned the grief recovery piece as step two. Never really went into a lot of detail about it or expose you to the individual that uh, is going to spearhead that. But guess what? He's in the building. Mr. Corey Kane, what's happening, brother? Oh, yeah. We definitely here. We, we are alive and well. Alive and well. Yes, Welcome to sir. the pride, cousin. No, my goodness. I am. I'm like, I came here in such a beautiful place. I'm like, I should have been here a long time. <laughs> hey, I've been saying it for a while. But, you know, this was, <clears throat> this was the perfect, perfect opportunity for you to come in. Nobody right. saw that coming right. with his nephew. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. But... Man, if that don't speak to why we doing what we doing, yeah, you know what I mean? If that don't mm -hmm. speak to the single question of the event, how do we keep the handcuffs off the kids? Definitely. It's all about changing how they think, man. And we yeah. go deep dive into that today. And Mr. 
Alonzo Quinney will be calling in. Yes, this is another Links Not Chain segment. Links Not Chain. So you will get your Alonzo session in for the day. But what's up, cuz? How you feeling, man? Man, I feel... Man, I feel magnanimous. Magnanimous. Man, he got the best words ever, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, all his little sayings is raw shit. I'm about to steal some of those. The vocab no, is off the chain. They yours, baby. They yours. Have you ain't got to steal a thing. You ain't got to steal a thing. They were like, me? who you been talking to? Right. Hey, like, look, Corey. tell him, hey, tell him, was, tell him you was talking to the master of miracles. The master of miracles. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, man, you know, this is your first time on the show. Definitely. It will not be your last. I don't care how hard you try. I will handcuff your ass to one of these tables if I have to. I'm a volunteer. Absolutely. So I I do want to give you a a minute to introduce yourself, let the people know who you are, what you do, how they can find you. And then we go dig into another another Links Not Chains episode. So what's up, Corey Uh, Kane? Man, my name is Corey Kane. I'm a holistic nutritionist. I'm a grief recovery method specialist. I am the... Founder and CEO of Professional Life Purpose Academy. Check. I'm an author of two books. One is Food Addicts. The other Check. one is Not About You. They both are on Amazon. Check. And I'm also a hip hop trap conscious OG daddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Bitter, rabbit. Daddy. <laughs> Bitter Rabbit. Bitter Rabbit. Bitter Rabbit. Muggle right. Leverage. <laughs> Red Mafia shoe wearing. Yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> Money bandana. Right. <laughs> That's what he do, man. Self, yeah. self made. Hey, man, so right. you, you see serial the common entrepreneur. thing. Serial. I was just about to say that. You see the the similarities between me, him, and the mayor. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You know, he grew up with a mayor. Oh right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk, yeah. They knew each That's other as crazy, kids, like little like kids, elementary small kids. world. Like, man, for real. Wow. Got to take accountability Amen. and that self check and, and and you know whether we like them uncomfortable conversations that you gotta have, but you gotta have these uncomfortable conversations. Yo, you ain't making enough money, right, to be on your own. And so, if you ain't making enough money, that means you ain't strategizing right. Right. So right. let's talk about your strategy. Yes. Hey. And we gonna have to rewire it. This is AG's convos at its yeah. at its fullest. If you ain't, if we ain't having, un, you you know who I'm related to because you can hear it. It's in the genes, bro. It's in the DNA. Come on, you ain't got twenty thousand dollars. Come on, you ain't got ten. You better figure out how to get it. You better come on. Listen, listen, because listen. If we say you can make seventeen dollars a month and you got five thousand customers that pay you on a subscription for for one year, you will have a million dollars. Right. Easy. Do simple math. Don't See, make it complicated. Make, and so that's Don't what the Professional Life Purposes Academy is about. An integrative wellness strategy. We strategize with you on logical, platable goals. Right. Platable. Greens. Right? Proteins. Right. Lentils. Starches, right. <laughs> right? Starches, sugars. Look, here, it's platable. We'll be giving you a little bit of all of that. Well, we can start at 16. That's what I was told, like, with the state yeah. of Ohio. We can well, start yeah. at, like, 16, and that would be the date. I mean, we we do we did say we wanted to do a rap camp, All and right. that can start for uh, elementary up into middle school. Rap camp, bring them in with Boosie and just put them on a track and shoot them a video. And, you know, and we could push out some of these young stars, 10, you know, maybe 9 to, like, 12 or 14 yeah. or something like that. Right. Yeah, right. definitely. That could be our little baby birds. Right. You can't send your eagles to duck school. They said you can't send your eagles to duck school. Right. You got to send your eagles to eagle school. So, you know, little eaglets. <laughs> <laughs> That's community outreach, man. 
<laughs> Absolutely. That's for all. That's for everybody. And we and we not and we not just talking about the kids, like you said. We uh, with this event specifically, you know, this is for the parents too. Right. You know, because it's holistic. Not just saying like single parents, like if you if you, I mean, some some parents might have guys or or, or women who have stepped up and have been there. And we know plenty of kids who have made it in single parent homes. You know, we're not just talking about the norm or, or what would be considered the norm of, of, of having a, a, a strong balance of a mother and a father in the house. That's mm-hmm. why we're saying, hey, it takes the, it, it takes the community. All right. Definitely. The community, man. So that common unity. If someone isn't around, then we step up. Yeah, we got because that common unity. See, the the com, the community is the common unity is how we communicate together, and see the common unity is what create bonds. And right. so you can't people don't trust each other if there's no bond. But a bond takes time, and right. you can't check something you didn't check in on. So we got to check in with them and being able to add value. So once I'm adding value right. to them, I could check on them. I could be like, "Yo, I'm checking on you." So then I gotta check in on them. Then I could check them. It's time, like, look. All right. On top of that, you know, we are. I, we gotta pay them. You know what I mean. We gotta make sure that they got some money, some resources, real money and right. real resources right. they can really do stuff with. Like, keep them I, off the street. Like, I pay my children twenty dollars an hour when they work for me. Right. I pay them twenty bucks an hour. Like, right. look, this is how much you making. Right. You know what I mean. This is. But you something. go work. And then look, you want to invest it in something else. So my son but bought a cricket and he make a t shirt. Hey, I'm with that. You know what right. I'm saying. This how you sell. This how you real. So they, don't, so they don't just sell themselves short. You Come on. Me? You can't just you know, give when, them when bare cigarette money. Right. <laughs> yeah, then you, you respect money different. You look at it different. You view it different. And you see your worth. Definitely. And, uh, also, one of the things about having that that four that foreplay in there where you have a different variety of people. Because people have different personalities. You know what I'm saying? People take the, a certain people different. That's why we need the community. You know what I'm saying? The community, like, what I might say might not reach, you know, a certain person or a, a certain child, but what you might say might reach them. They might get it or better understand it from you. That's why we had that, like you said, that that, that variety pack. We got to. We cannot be one-dimensional. We cannot be one-directional. It's been that way. And, 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 and at this stage where we at, we had the chance to see some of the greatest people do what we trying to do. Like I said, I said Marcus Garvey because he was one of the persons I think that did it the biggest on the financial side as far as right. establishing income. Independence, right. You know what I'm saying? But then they kind of took a back seat because those other movements became isolated. Mm-hmm. And so they isolated themselves. And in isolation, we have lost our communities. It's getting a little work, you know. The video for uh, difference. Is oh probably, uh, man, that video was hard. That shit was crazy, man. It was weird seeing myself on YouTube and shit. Hey, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at, I'm looking at art on the, uh, <laughs> on the video, and I'm like, both, both characters you played, because you played two characters, right? <laughs> <laughs> both characters you played was hard. Though. I was like, he played the businessman that was making a business deal, then he played like this boat. The captain of the boat <laughs> just chilling on the boat. Like, yeah, I'm just chilling with my boys. They right. out here. Yeah, that was nice, though. It was fun, man. It was fun. Check it out. YouTube, Truth No Lie with VO. Uh, Difference. It's, it's it's a pretty high video. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. You know? And and the uh, scenery was great on that boat. Dude, I'm telling you. That's Them the perfect spot. Them houses nice. Yeah, Portage. That's the spot to be at. That's where we be at, man. Wow. But, uh, you know, and that camera guy. 
shout out to him. Yeah, he did a good job. He was killing it. I mean, that the angles was perfect. The he did a good job. The um, tuning was perfect. The lighting was perfect, especially on the water. Yeah. And he had the drone in the one shot. You know, he yeah. went and did the overshot. I mean, he knew what he was doing. So yeah. I wish I just wish we had the studio all the way up, like where they could have got in front of the mic and did a scene or something like that. We ain't have yeah. all that yet. We didn't, and that's why I was. That's why I called you like fifty times. I'm like, booze, pick up the phone. I just need a mic. I got the stand. I just need a mic. I just need uh, to get a right. mic. Okay. And I, I fell asleep. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long day that day. We made it work, man. We made it work. But, but um, it was a great. I, I liked it though. I, yeah. I really. We spend a lot of time working for our business, but not necessarily working on our business. You know what I mean? And just working to define it, design it, build it, structure it, lay out the plan, blah blah blah. And I'm like, man, you know, when I think about what I've been doing for the past, you know, four, five, six, seven months, I don't remember how I started. You know, it's it just all a blur. It just happened. Yeah. You know, and it was a, like you said, it was a huge blur. And I look back and I'm going, you know, I think about all the stuff I still need to do. And that's because I've been working so hard to get to where I'm at and not thinking about some of those parts and pieces. And, you know, it got me to thinking, man, you know, people are constantly commenting on my episodes like, oh, you know, you you speak so intelligently and you sound like you know a lot of this stuff and. You speak with such conviction. I'm a salesman. You yeah. know what I mean? If I believe something, I'm going to make you believe it. I'm going to try my best to make you believe it. But I felt like I needed to have like a disclaimer episode. I don't know shit. I don't know nothing. <laughs> you know what I, mean? <laughs> I know what I know. You know what I mean? And I have an opinion just like anybody else about anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I am not the end all be all of any topic that I bring up. Exactly. You know what I mean? I, I, got, a lot of, I got a lot of feedback on the N word because I was very specific about where I structured my opinion about the word. It's not an all-inclusive topic. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You can't say the N-word started here, and this became of it, and this is why it is where it is, and this is where it's going to go. I'm just one opinion. Yeah. 90% of black people probably don't agree with 90% of what I said, and that's okay. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not the solution to the problem. I'm not the answer to why. Right. I just have an opinion that's based on something concrete. And I think that's what makes it valuable to certain people because I'm not just pulling something out of my ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, he had a logical. Yeah. And you were stating opposition. facts. And when, like, right. you, I mean, you were putting your opinion on some facts. Right. And that's all really that matters to a lot of people. Right. If you put some facts with some opinions, I might believe you. Right. You it it, it, it at least justifies where the opinion came yeah. from. And then the other one was the, that little five-minute snippet about cheating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they want that back. They want that so back. So the second half of the year, I'm going to tell you right now. You know, the first half, we got real, uh, I guess we were real professional. We were real strategic yeah, about trying to, trying to fill out our audience. Basically. Trying to fill out the audience. Yeah. Trying to be realistic about who I am and how I think and where yeah. my logic comes from. And I wanted to exude some of the professionalism that is meant to be reflective of my businesses mm -hmm. because I'm in a, I'm in a professional environment. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a studio for instance, you know, rappers come in and you know, they want to drink and smoke even though you can't do it in the building and yeah. we deal with that. But you know, my approach to that business is professional, professional. and that's why that video kind of plays out the way it does. It really speaks to what we're trying to do. Yeah. Come in, let's talk about what you're trying to do. Let's make it happen and let's celebrate it. Yeah. That was the message in the and video. And we can make that happen for you if you 
do what you're supposed to do. Right. You got to be professional about how you do it, and so do I, yeah. about how I put it to work and yeah. help you grow your brand. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I don't know that there's some very, very real, unprofessional issues plaguing our world. And we talk about some of them, you know, the police brutality and the politics and some of that stuff. But, you know, relationships, there's more to it than just marriage and boyfriend and girlfriend, girlfriend yeah. divorce. You know what I mean? There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to cheating than what I said that yeah. day. You know what I mean? And eventually we'll get into it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's like teasers. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You got yes, to give feel, them something like, why don't you, why you hit that subject a little harder? Uh, give it a minute. Give me a minute, man. Yeah. I got to I gotta test the waters. I got to warm you up. I got to yeah. go home to a wife, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if she listens oh, to it, she's going to be like, what? Right. Yeah. Well, no, she know. Right. Hey, one thing you go always get out of me it's authenticity. Oh, yeah, that's what my, my house is the same way, it, too. <laughs> half the shit she hears, she don't like. Sorry. Half the shit I say off the air, she don't like. Sorry. Sorry. Now, there are certain scenarios, though, and we came to see this about five years ago when Donald Trump started running for president. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of people that say, hey, I believe in this. <laughs> and there was a lot of people that said, well, I don't. And it's like, okay, you don't have to believe in what I believe in. Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But once you start looking at what that individual represents and to say, I believe in that, you know, based on your perception, yeah. you know, I feel like he's a racist. Well, right. I don't feel like he's a racist. Well, he's clearly a racist. Yeah. You know, somebody may feel that way. Yeah. And if you support a racist, how can I how can I be in tune with you? Right. You know what I mean? That makes it a little different. It makes now, it hard. Yeah. It makes it real hard to say. It's okay to not agree with me because right. you agree. It's like being homophobic yeah. or being yeah. racist or, 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 you know, whatever the situation. We're taught it, to be humane. Though. Right. We got to be humane. <laughs> so if We're you not. represent somebody that's not humane, if you're like, oh, I believe in the KKK, it's like, well, then we can't be friends. Right. I don't care. Yeah, you're still entitled to your opinion. But you believe in something that was meant to destroy Boy, me. targeted me. Yeah, the targeted me. Because of the color of my yeah. skin. You know, then that makes it a bit of a difference, you yeah, know? Yeah. The the big issue that we keep seeing, and we keep hearing it here in Cleveland because this is a predominantly black city. It's like, oh, black people aren't taking this seriously. They're not buying into this vaccine, and we don't understand why. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons why people choose not to take a man-made vaccine to counter a man-made virus. Okay, I, I think there's a lot of reasons for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. But specifically speaking to black people, I had this conversation with somebody earlier today, and she was like, how is it that I've never heard this before? I'm like, what do you mean? I said, this is American History 101. This is racism and segregation 101. This is the slave trade 101. This is the history of this country as it relates to black people. She said, I've never heard this before. And what I had brought up was the the Tuskegee experiment because, you know, we were talking about the virus. And I was like, you know, they're saying the issue is in the black community. But why is it expected that the black community is supposed to just blindly trust these medical experiments? Because we did that before. For the history of this country, (laughs) we've been medical guinea pigs. There's been one virus, chemical, agent after another tested on black people for the history of this country. And depending on where you are in the world, 
it was a, it was present in other places as well. So the fact that we're hesitant <clears throat> to be a part of another experiment isn't that abnormal, yeah. especially when you and and this is what I said before. I said if the virus, if the vaccine was meant to be all inclusive, if it was meant to be simply a solution to the problem. Why put a serial number on it? And why affix that serial number to this individual? Mm -hmm. Because what does a serial number tell you? If somebody tells you this is the VIN number for your car, they know exactly where it was made and what parts and pieces were put into that automobile. What day it was done on. They got a whole record for the fabrication of that car. I could tell you which store the screwdriver came from that was used to actually twist your wrench, I mean, your your seat cover into place. Mm-hmm. Because I have the serial number for that vehicle. It gives me all of this DNA data data for that car. Right. In the same way, the serial number does for the vaccine. Now, I know the intention is, well, if we know that this serial number went to this person and we know that serial number was Pfizer and that person goes into the second dose, we don't give them Moderna. Or we don't, you know what I mean? We know certain things we know what date they took it on we know which batch it came from we know this we know that we we have all of this metadata that we can use to make sure we don't make the mistakes that were being made 20 30 40 years ago yeah a hundred percent accurate yeah but what else does it tell you your name it tells you the the demographics of the person that took where it, you where the you location from? they your were address at, everything their nationality their race their age their weight their medical history, you know if you gave this particular vial to a person that has a history of cancer in their family. Now, if I want to know, if I want to quote-unquote test the results of this agent, I could put that agent in this vial and send it to this community. Because I know how many black people are in that community. I know how many cancer patients are in that community. I know how many people in that community smoke weed or drink alcohol or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And before they can actually inject you with that um, syringe, they have to assign that serial number to that individual. Yeah. Based on what? They scan it before they give it to them. Right. Yeah. And they base it on the, 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 the checkout sheet that you mm-hmm. give them, right? So you go in and you fill out a form. Mm-hmm. They, they match that form with an injection. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? When you can just give it to people. When you, if, if, if Pfizer made one version of it, and everybody else copied it. Pfizer gets the name brand. Everybody else gets the generic. Mm-hmm. That's what we do with Tylenol, right? Yeah, all that. Acetaminophen is acetaminophen. This is yeah. what I told somebody earlier. It don't matter who you get it from, Tylenol, Bayer, or Rite Aid. Mm-hmm. It's acetaminophen, right? Mm-hmm. It's the formulation doesn't change. Why does virus got to be different? Yeah, you're right. So that way I know that what the president got, the president got Pfizer, I got Pfizer. Mm-hmm. The president got Moderna, I got Moderna. Because it's the same formula. But the same formula don't work for all people. Okay, so what are you going to change? And how do I know what you changed? How does your change affect me? And what makes me different from everybody else that you're, you know what I mean? Then you start, this is where the mind goes. And when you've been, when you've been traditionally the test dummy for all of these medical products, it does not surprise me that black people are like, I don't know yet. You know what I mean? And and a lot of people don't understand that, but you're looking at it from Europe. Why wouldn't I do that? I'm in rural Illinois. Yeah. You're in 
you're in redneck country. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for you to be. You ain't even at around risk. nobody. You know what I mean? You're not around anybody that that may have some of these questionable elements that can now be tested against with this version of the yeah, vaccine. Yeah, because you know the 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 COVID rate in those areas is very very low. Like you don't yeah. in the rural areas, you don't you don't get that. Like, right. If you look on the map and they tell you when you they be like, all right, this the red spots and the right. the, the the little green spots be like somewhere in the cornfield somewhere, middle of nowhere. <laughs> but think about the fact that and, and you know I said this to somebody earlier. I said you know there's three hundred and let's call it three hundred and sixty million Americans. Okay, let's say they wanted to test a specific element of a antivirus or a a whatever whatever some kind of an agent that might react to certain types of dna structures and they put that in a million vials mm. they know which million it's in <clears throat> the the pharmacist that gets it may not know he has it the doctor that gets it may not know he has it but it's there yeah it's there and i know i'm going to send the majority of that to traditionally uh communities of color so i'm gonna send it to la I'm going to send it to Detroit. I'm going to send it to Cleveland. I'm going to send it to New Orleans, whatever. Right? Yeah. That's where 70% of this stock is going to go. It's a million doses. Now, maybe somebody reacts. Maybe this element is meant to make certain DNA types or certain blood structures react instantly and others react over a 10-year span. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Now, this is a conspiracy theory. I don't want people to think that I'm saying, that this, is saying what's this is what's happening. But I'm right. saying we know that when you start labeling things to the specificity of a vial, of a syringe, you know what's in it. Yeah. And you can pinpoint where it's going to end up at. Okay, we're going to send these to Ohio, but make sure they go to Cleveland, Cincinnati. Don't send them to Toledo and Columbus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. send them to... Finley and and Niles. Yeah. Send them to the east side of Cleveland. Not the suburbs of Cleveland, nah, just the east just side the of east the inner of city of Cleveland. Send it to these 15 CVSs and these 25 Rite Aids. Mm-hmm. And let's see who ends up with them. Yeah. Because we know we got a better chance of hitting the demographic we're looking for. Because we know in that particular community, there are X number of people that drink malt liquor and there's or at least x number of bottles of malt liquor sold and you can start using all of this metadata to form a picture of these communities yeah. and say i want to know what this effect is in that corner of the, of the country send it there and see what happens you know so as i mentioned i, I kind of posted it on the facebook page well, as far as my week go i mean it's been it's been weird man in the last 36 hours has been fucking crazy. I think the world is literally coming to an end. <laughs> I'm not going to give you all the details, but get this shit. Yesterday, went to KFC. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any chicken. Yeah, I heard there's a wing shortage. They didn't have any chicken. Chicken, period. Period. So wow. I'm like, okay, this is fucked up. I'm going to go to Popeye's. Dude, dude, I'll tell you, I laughed so hard when I heard this shit. I pull up to the window do say, hey, welcome to Popeye's. Can I take your order? But before you get started, you should know all we have is chicken. I'm like, it's fucking Popeye's. What it's else would I be Popeyes. here? Of course you got chicken. He said, no, all we have is chicken. I said, okay, so you're saying you don't, what, 
have biscuits. All we have is chicken. No the dude, sides, no Dude nothing. never said another word. I was like, so you don't have fish and shrimp? He said, all we have is chicken. <laughs> I said, bro, you got any sides? No sides. I said, you ain't got biscuits or sides? He said, all I got is thighs, breasts, and a couple wings. <laughs> I was like, what? He said, we don't even have fries, bro. I was like, what? Yeah, it's 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 getting short. This shit happened at two separate locations. I'm it's like, what the short. fuck is going on? I ended up going to get some pizza, ordered the pizza. I'm like, do y'all got sauce? Y'all got cheese on this bitch? Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm just checking. Okay. Can I get three fucking pepperoni pizzas, please? She was like, sure, no problem. This motherfucker called me back five minutes later and guess what she said? What? We're out of pepperonis. Set the I'm like, fuck get up. the she said, no, I'll she give didn't. you any other pizza you want at the same price as a regular single topping pizza. But yeah, she was like, when you were asking me those questions, I thought you were being weird. But when I get the message from the kitchen that we're out of pepperonis, I'm like, he'll chew my fucking head off. Because <laughs> he thought I was playing. <laughs> Man, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Wow. But, but that's that that was my last day. Mm. Not really tied to what we was talking about. Just some crazy shit that wow. just had me like, yeah, the world is literally coming to a fucking end. <laughs> they running out of food. They running out of chicken at fucking Popeye's in Cleveland. Man. Think about that, man. They're going to start riding. They had no sandwiches. <laughs> they had no... All he had was breasts, thighs, and a few, and a few wings. wings. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, why don't y'all just close? I kind of brought up something because he was talking about that point of when enough is enough. Yeah. And you have to start drawing these lines in the sand. And it's something that we've touched on a little bit in the past, but I really wanted to elaborate on it a little bit because... There's this perception, especially in the black community, that no matter what, family's family. You got to be there for them. If they let you down, they let you down. But you still got to do your job. You still got to be there for them. Fuck that. And I get it. (laughs) But fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. And that's why I really wanted to touch on this, man, because I feel like there's almost this like this unavoidable burden that we put on ourselves that yeah. no matter what, I don't care if I know that my brother is out raping girls or if he's beating his wife or if he's mishandling his children or whatever the situation is, he, my brother, I got to be there for him. At some point, everybody got to grow up. Yeah. At some point, everybody has to own their own destiny. I don't care what their title is. And everybody that knows me know I didn't have my fair share of issues with family yeah. members. You know what I mean? And I didn't talk about some of it on this show on a number of different occasions. And at no point do I ever feel obligated to say, well, no matter what, that's my fill in the blank. So I got to fill in the blank. Yeah. I don't nah, have he, to do shit for nobody. And it, 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 I think it come from. Uh, it's kind of uh, embedded in this. Yeah. You know, as. As when it's, it's always like, this is the family. Family is first. You know what I'm saying? Right. Make sure the family good. Everything is about family. Then you see movies and it's like family, everything. Family, family. At the end of the day, all you got is your family. And, and so you kind of get this notion that, but stuck, nobody talks right. about how family fuck up shit. And let you down. And 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 can sabotage your life while they sabotaging theirs. Right. 
just because you're trying to be there for them, right. even though they're going. That's just like if you have a family member that's on drugs. You know right. what I'm saying? And you like trying to get them off drugs, trying to do this, trying to do that. But at the same time, you messing up your life trying to help them, though. Right. Because every All time these resources you make an available, your life go into a trajectory going up. Here come this person tearing it back down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because or just fucking with your mindset. Yeah. To the point where it's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm conflicted. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I just got this big project, this big opportunity, this big lump of change, but my mother is strung out, and if I don't put her in rehab, she might relapse again. Yeah. So you, so put I'm gonna take everything I just earned and put her in rehab, and for hope for the best. That up again. And all she gonna do is get kicked out of that bitch. I'm gonna lose all of this money, all of these resources. And now I'm right back to where I was before I got it, and she still need help. Yeah, and and but that's my day. mama. What I'm gonna do? That's my, you know what I mean. At some point, it don't matter, man. You know, and and everybody knows I've got an adult child that I don't care. You know that I don't take care of. My daughter has to take care of herself. I've told her that on a number of occasions, and she's finally getting to the point where she's starting to realize, like, oh, I really do have to do this shit myself. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah. You know, you've got the help you're going to get, but those wheels will stop turning. Those wells will run dry yeah. if you don't get your shit together. Yeah, because ain't nothing given to you. Right. So when we were talking about my son's school and all of these resources that have been made available to these kids, it's like if you lose now, you wasn't trying to win. Yeah. Because there's literally, it takes no effort. His counselor told him, we were talking about gym. He said, look, all you got to do is get dressed and not stand on the wall and you'll get an A. Yeah, every time. And he said, you'll be surprised how many people can't graduate high school in the 12th grade because they flunked gym in the ninth. I'm looking at him like, that's still a thing? He said, man, some of them kids come in here with their cell phones. They stand against the wall and they never, they'll put on their gym shoes and their gym shorts. Yeah, they get their dress And credit. they'll go sit in the bleachers and literally never move. Yeah. And nobody's going to force them to, act, to participate. No, because it's gym. It's, it's supposed to be an active thing. If you don't want right. to be active... I'm not about to sit here and say, well, get out of my class and send you in the hallways. Right. And he literally said, you could just walk the track instead of sitting still. Don't participate. Be be the be the social, you know, weirdo. Yeah, weirdo. Just walk the track until the bell rings and you'll still get an A. And these motherfuckers are flunking gym. For the second thing I wanted to talk about, this CRT shit. CRT. CRT. What's that? It's taking over our children's schools. What is that? This is going to become the most influential, controversial, devastating element of our species. What is it? So, critical race theory. You haven't heard this phrase at all? Mm, No. Okay. Not really. Not really a conversation about it, no. Okay, so layman's terms, critical race theory is is actually a concept that started in the 70s after the civil rights era. Right. There was this period where white people were being lambasted, as they say, for all of the atrocities against blacks and minorities in the United States. So there was a collection of white people, a.k.a. the president, that felt obligated to acknowledge some shortcomings and thereby give way to the civil rights movement, which gave 
blacks and minorities certain affirmations and certain opportunities, affirmative action, equal rights, yeah. voting rights, stuff yada, 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 blah, right. blah, blah, right? So at some point, there was a group of scholarly white people that said, well, now we just look like the bad people. What are we really suggesting here, that all white people are bad? So they, they, they brought up what became known as the critical race theory, which is that by shining a light on the negative elements of our past, we're basically blaming the current people within that same race for all of these problems. Right. We're not saying that these white people did a bad thing at this point in time. We're saying that white people inherently do bad things to these people. Right. And if we keep uh, perpetuating that mindset, then we're going to create a situation where we're forever the bad guy. Right. And this theory is counterproductive to our own uh, interactions. Yeah. So we can't paint white people in this bad light anymore. So they want to erase that from the school. So for decades, each president that was approached or each member of Congress or whatever that was approached with this idea was like, I'm not touching that. Get the hell out of here. You expect me to go to the black community and say, stop talking about slavery? Right. It's not going to happen. That's We don't have, it's, it's not our right to necessarily do that. But once 45 became president, and they went to him and said, you know, we should really be considering this. Whatever, whatever you're saying, what the hell, yeah. put you through. Yeah, but we need this person in this position, and we need Betsy DeVos and Secretary of Education, and we need this to happen. All right, let's do it. So now you get a chick leading the education department, Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, right? Ain't never had a kid in public school, ain't never went to public school. But she's telling us what's right and what's wrong about what's being taught in public school. Mm. And they start creating all of these scenarios where states can now make these decisions for themselves. So in the state of Texas, they revamped this whole fucking critical race theory thing. And they've been pushing this shit now for the last 18 months or so. Got certain areas to pass it. And then it got introduced into other states. There's parts of Illinois where it's mm -hmm. already, Illinois, it's, it's already, except we're going to limit our, um, our studies on African-American history because it's counterproductive to the relationships we're kind of, we're trying to generate between African-American and white students now. Yeah. So this whole, now there's a national push to put the critical race theory in place from coast to coast. Nah, I don't think it's gonna happen. It's already passing. I, I know it's passing, but I don't states. think it's, I don't. I don't think they can. <clears throat> I don't think a lot of states will just adopt that. I don't think everybody would. I don't think so either. But think about the, think about the standard, think about the momentum that we're putting in place. Because if this is just a nick away, at you know, just a chip away at the concept of racial inequality, if 25, 35, maybe 50 years from now, it's a banned topic. You can't talk about this anymore. Where are we at 100 years from now, 150 years from now? Mm. And uh, there's just been a few things, man, that's kind of come up in conversation over the past couple of weeks that's, and it's been really kind of intensified in the last few days.
And then there was a story I saw today that really kind of made me say, okay, what is really, what are we really dealing with here? Specifically in America, but just as people, you know what I mean? There's something going on that's just wrong and mm. I can't put my finger on it. So this conversation started, I'm talking to my little brother, you know, who everybody knows is in France. Everybody know Rob at this point. But we're talking about, you know, some of the conflicts he has with the idea of being back in America mm-hmm. or returning home, I should say. And, you know, as much opportunity and as much support as he has here, he's still skeptical about returning to America. And for people in America, it's kind of hard to understand why, because this is where you're from. This is home. How, how could you not want to be home? Right. But everybody wants to be here. Everybody wants to be here. I mean, people come from all over the world. Yeah. They, they they literally risk their lives to swim in fucking banana boats to get here. Why would you, why would you be comfortable yeah. not being here? And it kind of manifested into this conversation about acceptance and about opportunity and about all of these things that are happening in America that's not happening anywhere else in the world. You know, and it's kind of prompted this conversation. And a lot of it built around race. No duh. You know, surprise, surprise, right? Right. The topic of the year keeps coming back. But it prompted a question. Um, not that conversation, just kind of the, some of the subsequent com- conversations that's come up since. And it prompted the conversation about power and compassion and how people in power seem to act on behalf of their power without any regard for compassion. Mm. And it and it posed a question to me, how do you how do you have how do you convince people with power to have compassion? So to kind of build on that question, you know, when you look at how our government is built and some of the things that we've talked about time and time again about suppression and about <clears throat> excuse me and about some of the boundaries and limitations that's been put on people because of their nationality or their color or whatever the situation might happen to be. The 13th Amendment and the creation of the police system and the creation of, you know, all of these rules that are meant to limit or suppress certain people from moving forward. Right. And it's like, you know, it keeps it seems to suggest that people in power operate in a way that helps them maintain power. So somebody asked me earlier, well, what about the impact that it has on just people for being people? Isn't there any compassion for the suffering that people without power go through? And I'm like, it probably is. But how do you how do you sacrifice your power for the sake of somebody else's betterment? Because hmm. now you're going to share your power with that individual. Right. So but if people with power had compassion then this would probably be a little more fluid process. And then I see this story today about these, uh, I think it was seven black men in Virginia mm-hmm. who were amongst a group of people that had been um, either on death row or executed for rape crimes. Because in the state of Virginia, rape was punishable by death right, up to a certain point. And I think that might still be the case, but in the last little bit of time, I'm not going to speak to specifics, a bunch of these people have been pardoned because they feel like, you know, 
not that rape isn't severe, but there's too many variables and too many loopholes and too many instances of people being found exonerated from rape charges. From being falsely accused. From being falsely accused right. or bad information or bad policing, detective work, whatever. Yet they're sitting on death row. And in this finding, seven men who were executed like 60 years ago, back in like 51, were exonerated. Mm. And it's like, and their families are obviously moved and everything else, but it's like, for what? How does that help? That doesn't, at I, this point. They're gone now. They're, they never did anything wrong. They were killed off, and they were, here's the key though. Of all the people ever convicted of rape and put on death row in this particular situation in the state of Virginia, zero were white. Mm. They were all black men. Yeah. Accused of rape and put on death sentences. And of those, I think it was 13 or 14, or maybe it was even more than that, that had been exonerated, seven of them had already been killed. But, oh, we messed up. And the rest of them, you get to go home. You didn't kill seven people and stuck another 10, at least, five or 10, in jail for decades for something that they never did. So it's like, why let them out now? You know, why exonerate them now? What do you do to, where's the compassion piece of it? Yeah. You know, and why were they all black to begin with? You know, so it, it kind of raised this question. Somebody asked me, how do, how do you make a racist? How, how, how are racists formed? How are racist people formed? And a part of me says, I don't know. I'm not one. But then another part of me goes back to a Kanye line, you know, when he was talking about haters. Remember that, that line? What, what he said, he said, hater niggas marry hater bitches and oh, hater yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, it's got to be an inherited thing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely inherited. You know, anything, anything that's not socially acceptable has to be manifested in a private, in a private environment. Hate, um, homophobia, all of it. It has to be done in a space that the general public has no control over. No, it's it's totally uh like it's like a cult. Yeah, it's a learned behavior. <laughs> it's something you're taught to do. It's yeah. not something you're born with. You know, so when you start looking at okay, well then how do you how do you point the finger and say this is the cause of it, you're the blame for it, so this is how we fix it? Because we, you know, I had this conversation with somebody and we go through this process of trying to wrap our hands around, well, how did, how do people become racist? And once you have that conversation, it's like, well, how do we get rid of it? And that's where this power versus compassion thing comes into play. Because in my personal opinion, and I'm going to start throwing that disclaimer out there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm not the end all be all to any topic. Every time. Every time. <laughs> but I do have a, an interpretation of some of these things. And I have a somewhat logical thought process about how this stuff comes about. And I truly believe that when it comes to people being racist, they either do it out of fear or they do it out of ignorance. Mm -hmm. Ignorance being I was taught to be racist by somebody who was taught to be racist and we're constantly passing down what we now know and what we should have always known from a compassion perspective to be a ignorant way of seeing other people. Bad behavior. Just bad behavior. The other half being fear. It's easy to 
fear something you don't understand because you don't know what to expect of it. You know, well, what if, you know, if I was to be tolerable based on what history tells me and based on what science tells me and based on what the law has suggested over all of these years about black people being the number one cause of this and the perpetuator of that crime or whatever else. If if history tells me that being rejective of that particular group will make me safer, then I'm going to be safer this way. You know, and then we got into how the media plays into it and how history plays into it and how the laws play into it. And it all comes back down to you're either afraid to be equal or you're ignorant of, you know, what the reality is. But the fear, I believe, is manifested because, again, racism only exists from the people in power. The people in power say we don't want those who are either not in power or who are either or who don't represent our team to be in our position of power. So I'm going to scare you into believing that that other group, whatever that other group is, represents a loss of power. So by rejecting those people, we maintain our power. You know, no matter what's going on in your life, you should always be able to reach out and look up, you know, and see somebody that that can that can pull you up. You know, and that's what it's all about. So I'm inspired to do more works. Uh, I like working with Charlize Lyles. I think she's a amazing woman. Yeah, man. Uh, her her inspiration uh, growing up the way she did and, and bringing bringing that to life was everything. You know, that's why I'm big on whatever's in your heart and in your mind. Put it on paper. Make it real. Right. You know. Get it out your we head. Do. We take action. Right. Yes, yeah, sir. We, we the problem solvers. <laughs> we the men of tomorrow. You know. And that's what the uh, AV alumni uh, was capable of doing. You know, we had a brother show up. It was a few other brothers who had some difficulties, but, you know, showing up and, 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 and representing and just being there in support of this movement, that was big, you know, to see guys who had got out of prison and who are still willing to move towards change in their transition. Right. So that's what we about. You know, we about pushing life, you know. You know, I'm excited. Yeah, it's funny. I'm you happy, man. I love y'all. You know, for and, sure. I, and I appreciate everything that y'all done. You know, GB yeah. Entertainment, man. I couldn't <laughs> do it without y'all. You know, <laughs> it's a team effort for sure. You know, it's funny you brought up Charlize though. I I talked to her for uh, about an hour yesterday, okay. and you know, she's still kind of flying on this high, man, about that event. You know, and still singing our praises. Like, man, it's just crazy what y'all been able to pull off. And, you know, you know, she's in Texas, you know, she's not she's not local anymore, but uh, she still has a lot of uh, assets and resources in the area. And she's still looking to engage, you know, despite the significance of the role she played in that single event. You know, she knows that that was just the first of many steps we plan on taking. And, you know, as busy and as resourceful and as you know prolific as she is, she still wants to be a part of the process. So, you know, we got a couple things in the works. I can't put it all on on the air, but uh, you know, you ain't seen the beginning of AG's convos. <laughs> you ain't seen. We haven't even started yet. We 31, 32 episodes in now, and you ain't you ain't even you ain't even got a glimpse of what's coming, and it's crazy touches on this other topic that I wanted to bring up today, which was uh, drugs. 
Yeah. It's one of them things we haven't really talked a lot about, but it's becoming like this huge like topic. You know what I mean? I think it's a lot of it is because of plant-based theories. You got a lot of people out here saying, you know, this vaccine, I don't trust it. I trust nature. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you got a lot of plant-based remedies yeah. being discussed on a regular basis. And it's, it, you know, I'm not a druggie. You know what I mean? I don't, I do drink yeah. pretty consistently, you know, but I'm, I, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a pill popper. I don't get into the hallucinogenics. You know, it, it's just not my world. You know what I mean? And as somebody who identifies as a recovering addict, it's always interesting to hear other people's perspectives. So I, I'm not going to dig too deep into this topic because I can't speak from it, speak to it from a place of intelligence because it's not my world. But at the same time, I think it's something that we need to start building more conversation around. Like what, where is this, where is this fascination with, you know, mind altering practices coming from? It's nothing new. You know, no, we, we, we know that drugs have been around forever. You know, we, we know the seventies was crazy. The eighties was crazy. We went from a, a, crazy chemical dependency to a plant-based dependency now, which was a plant-based dependency before, which, you know what I mean? We're always finding ways to alter our minds. But I'm curious, as a non-drug user, how that mental alteration is really going to benefit the overall goal of making people more harmonious. Now, some people might say, hey, if everybody was high, we'd all be happy. You know what I mean? I've heard somebody actually told me that once. And I'm like, well, that might be true. But do you really want to give, you know, mushrooms to a bipolar guy? You know what I mean? That's already seeing craziness or some schizophrenic. That's You know what I mean? That's already seeing hearing voices. Right. They're not for everybody. (laughs) They can't be for everybody. Right. So so where where do you draw the line? What's good? What's not? What's enough? What's too much? You know, these are the kind of things that kind of get my brain going because, again, that's not my space. So. That's it's, not a conversation that's going to happen today, yeah, but it's, it's something it's, that it's I want to introduce. It's one of them things that um, uh, I can actually blame it on, like, the information world that we're in. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, by it being so much of information about it, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. we, when we were younger, only way we knew about it is if somebody we knew did it. Was doing it, right. And then whatever reaction they had, we we chose whether to say yay or nay. Right. Like, oh, he was tripping? Oh, I ain't never yeah, doing that. I ain't never doing that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly straight, it, though. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays, it's like, oh, he did it and he's still straight? I'll do it, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or, or or they'll do a whole documentary about it and let you know that it's, uh, it's not harmful. Right. But you don't understand that what they're telling you is they were doing it in a controlled environment. Though. Exactly. And that's was, the thing. It was it's controlled. A, that's the part that's scaring me is this perception that, you know, this is better than what you're used to. So give it a shot and see what happens. Yeah. Open your mind, explore, evaluate, you know, release, be vulnerable, let yourself be free. And it's like, that ain't for everybody. No. 
because if I mean I can somebody can die, somebody can have some type of complications with it, somebody can end up messed up for life from it. Right. Or and just literally flip out on somebody or else. Just flip out and do the wrong thing and right. not even know it. They weren't even in their right mind. Like I I never really I, I can't get into the hallucinant drugs because right. I I don't I, I feel like you kinda opening up your mind up to your demons. Right. The ones that you have suppressed. And then right. you get that drug in you and it, it lets them all out. And it's like, ah, yeah, they all out here now. Everybody right. see them. Right. And, and and don't get me wrong. It seems that's the purpose. Yeah, it is the purpose. But pull the curtain back on them. Let people, you know, let yourself acknowledge them for what they are and the 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 dangers and the complications that they've caused in your life and give them an exit. You know, and, and I get that, but sometimes it feel like it's that part of me that's able to keep that demon from interfering with Ken's life yeah. that makes me valuable to Ken. Yeah. I I know it's there. I know what I'm suppressing. Maybe I don't know how impactful it is, but I know that it's better in there than out here. And out here, right. Now, is it the reason I don't have hair? Probably. <laughs> You know what I mean? Is it the reason why I had issues with certain types of relationships? Does it does it play into my hesitation to be more outgoing or to be more sympathetic? I'm sure it does. Yeah. You know, but that's something that I have to cope. That's something I've be, I've adapted to. Now to say, but if you were to release that, what kind of what kind of person would you be? How much better of a person might you be? And it's like I don't know. How much worse of a person might I be? Right. You know what I mean? I know me well enough to know. That there's certain parts of me, I don't necessarily want other people to be I don't exposed even want to. Me, nobody even know that was there, I, right? And it might be something that you're suppressing on purpose. Like I'm, I really don't want that out here. I don't right. want that person of me out there, or I don't want that information that you might end up exposing out here because you're on some type of drug, right? And it's, I mean, think think of Bruce Banner. Yeah. Right. He had to learn to suppress the Hulk. Right. Imagine he takes some ayahuasca or ayahuasca, whatever that that mushroom drink is called, and all of a sudden he can't suppress the hawk anymore. And and never, it's not like, forever, it, forever. Like and, and the and you know maybe he moves into a new environment where nobody even knows the hawk exists, nobody's ever seen him before. And then he's but he's bottling up all of this frustration and anger and. He's suppressing it for all the right reasons. Yeah. You don't know what that reason is. Yeah. And trust me, you, you don't, don't want to know. Right. You, don't want you know problems. what I mean? But the minute you get them on this trip and then all of a sudden the entire city has been leveled yeah. because of what he was suppressing, did it really help anything? Oh, he, he might feel better in himself yeah. because he's not bottling up all that energy anymore. But guess what? Life as you know Life it has come to an end. It come to an end. You know, and I think about that. I think about... You know, how how much anger I used to have when I would get mad. I mean, it was intense. It was the kind of anger that, you know, fortunately, I didn't have access to firearms back then. <laughs> At the time, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you want to take that now? You want to take all the things that people have said to me and done to me and made me feel and try to convince me of as it relates to myself and what my limitations were and what I wasn't capable of. And you want to bring that to the surface when I'm armed and extremely dangerous as it is already. 
I, 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 I'm okay. Don't worry. I'll, I'll deal with it. I've come to accept that certain people just don't understand me for who I am. And I'm okay with that. But if I felt, you know, relieved and if I felt entitled to express that frustration and anger, I don't want, I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm okay. Those type of drugs are terrible. But then you have your, the drugs that enhance mind capabilities. Absolutely. Like you have your Adderalls and your, these, these type of drugs that kind of expand your mind. Right. To a whole nother level and make you think better or be a better, whatever you're doing. Like you might be writing a movie or you might be writing raps or you, these, these, these people take these drugs to expand their mind. Right. And, and, and get over a little bit more. Right. I'm trying to get to the next level. And I mean, but they are addictive though. So well, and that's the other thing. When you get to these drugs and you start taking these drugs, they can take a hold of you and really mess you up at the end of the day. Right. Even though you accomplish so much, right. You end up in a crazy house somewhere. Right. Because <laughs> you just did too much of it. Right. You know. <laughs> so this show episode. So do you mind being interviewed? No, I don't mind. Let's well, I just I, let's do it. You're my business partner. Yes. You know what I mean, and I know what I know about you. Mm-hmm. But I'm asking people to trust me and right. trust my judgment. Well, right. who, who is this guy that's always with you? It's that's part like of that. the business. Right. I got to trust him, too. So just want to put, I mean, we ain't, we ain't going to spill no beans. No, no. We, I don't I'm, need nobody I'm, to know how much money you make and what's nah, in your bank account nah, and how straight. many girls you can fuck. We ain't got to go down no road. We're straight. Right. But I'm I do want to, I don't, I want to, I want to put a little bit of information out there. And you know me, I like to work backwards. Right. So I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it right now. Right. You know, you just got this degree. Mm-hmm. You know, you're officially a certified, you know, industry trained, accredited audio engineer, yes. yada, yada, blah. What are you doing with that? Um, what am I doing with that degree? Yeah. Uh, shit. What you what you see we doing now? I'm starting a business. I'm I'm uh, I, I'm the whole point. How we got to this point anyway mm-hmm. is because. I wanted to expand my business. Yeah. And when I wanted to expand my business, the whole thing was, all right, I can do it on my own. I can try to work my way from the ground up and just work out my basement and do this and do that. Mm-hmm. But I end up having a conversation with the man across from me <laughs> and who is Arthur. And he, uh, I told him what I wanted to do. And the whole thing was, dude, why are we not doing it? And I'm like, dude, I don't know how to even start that. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you even get to that point? Like, to get into a building and do this and do that and have things. And and at the end of the day, I don't have a degree in this shit either, though. I'm really, I'm really working audio engineering off of accreditation, basically. Mm -hmm. People saying that they like my mix or people saying that they like how I do my thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't really know what I'm doing. I just know that I know how to do, I know how to make some music and make it sound good. Right. I know how to make a podcast and make it sound good. Right. But other than that, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> so um, once you put that in my mind and you told told me like what where we could go with it. Right. It kind of changed my direction of, all right, if if we can get, if if we can get to that point of it, I need to go to school. Right. So which which took me to a whole little research situation 
And I instantly found a school that was right for me, and I was like, oh, I'm doing this. Right. Um, I did it. And yeah. now I'm at the point where, all right, I got the degree. Now all I have to do is just practice, 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 because that's what they tell you right. when you're in school. Like, once you learn all these things, you you have to practice it to get it down. Like, this is not like you're going to walk out of here and instantly know everything about audio engineering. Mm -hmm. You have to keep practicing. You have to keep studying. There's always new ways to do things. Mm -hmm. Everybody's mix is not the same. Everybody mix, mix differently. Everybody do different things. So learn from the people who've been in the game for a minute and learn from uh, YouTubing, reading books, whatever you can do. And just playing with the equipment. Right? To expand your knowledge of it. Right. Luckily, I was already into this, though. Exactly, yeah. So me going to school, it kind of I breezed through it because everything that they was teaching me, I was really already doing. Mm -hmm. Some of the things I had did in the past, and I stopped doing it, mm -hmm. and it ended up being, it was the right way to doing it, but I just stopped doing it because I'm like, man, this shit's stupid. <laughs> why am I doing this? Because right. I didn't know what I was doing. So right. I'm like, why am I doing this? <clears throat> right. And once they told me in school why I was doing it, I have had to double back and come back to it, though. Like, oh, this is why I was doing that. Really and does it works. Make a difference, right? You know what I'm saying? It makes a difference. <laughs> so uh, at the end of the day, that I mean, my whole goal with this, this whole degree is to become a better and better, better audio engineer with this shit to the point where I'm kind of known as the person to go to Right. when it comes down to making a song. And, and I know a lot of people who are the go-to people, you right. know what I'm saying, in the music industry in Cleveland. And I know those people. Some mm -hmm. of them people inspire me to be who I am today. Right. Um, and my thing is I want to be better than them. You know what I'm saying? Even I though like even <laughs> though they're my people though. Like right. I like you and I like the way you do things. I just want to be better than you and I want to do it differently. I don't want to do it the same way you're doing it. Right. I just want to be different. Which and is I'm, why we made some tweaks. And we tweak some things and we, we go through some things. So right. um yeah, I just wanna be that person, that person, that person, that person, that person, that person. We're all caught up now. Yes. Everybody on the same page. Okay. Everybody's mentals are good, as Dave would say. Right. <laughs> Let's move on. So, <clears throat> we know Shay can get down and dirty if we need her to. Right. But we know Shay like to talk about the real shit, the shit that really exactly. bothers people. And Shay speaks from the position of a parent, mm -hmm. which is very important, which is where I'm a celebrity at, <laughs> at home. Okay. Right. But... Being a parent means you had a baby with somebody. Mm -hmm. And one of the topics that has plagued me since conception <laughs> of myself <laughs> is child support. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. Because that is, an, that is a institution mm -hmm. at this point. It is, it is truly a government institution. That we are all victims of. Mm -hmm. I don't care which side of the paycheck you're on. Mm -hmm. You're a victim of child support. Mm -hmm. So yes. Shay wanted to talk about this topic. And I'm going to let her explain why and what we're going to do with it. What made this come up for you? So as everyone knows, I have four children. My first two children, I wasn't married. I was a teen mom. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I was kind of doing my thing and had another child. Nevertheless, um, child support. I do believe it's necessary, but I think it needs to be done properly. Mm -hmm. So when I was a teenager, um, 
my son's father, we had to do child support because we had that whole, you had to do like a paternity test because mm-hmm. I was underage and it automatically puts you on child support, mm-hmm. right. which that was a part of why our relationship didn't work. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. Because he was still a teenager too. Right. But he was 18. <clears throat> and I want to tell everybody just because you're 18 do not make you grown. No. Especially no, as a doesn't. male. No. Because we mature late. Right. But that, it doesn't make it does make you old enough. It makes, makes you, you old, old enough. enough. Yes, right. true. But it is not. We, that's that's part of the conversation we got to get into. But continue. Yes. I'm not cutting you off. I'm sorry. So that was my first, um, my first thing with child support. Experience. Yeah. yeah. Having to, he was working at like Zagera's, making like six dollars. So how do you? even get child support with that. Then we had to figure out if we give him the money back. and It was just a mess. Mm-hmm. So then my second, uh, with my daughter, I was 22. So I said, you know what? I'm not doing child support no more. Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm not about to lose another man to child support. Mm-hmm. So I said, even though we're not together, I will not put you on child support. I just need you to do what you're supposed to do. Right. Fail. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely failed. So then I became bitter and I was miserable, and like we had to do like arguments with his family. Oh. It was a whole everything. So the first thing when I went to file for child support, the lady said, "Are you with the father?" I said, "No." She said, "Is that the reason why you're filing?" So oh, I was wow. like, "This bitch, she trying to put me on." Yeah, bus. and I'm like, "Oh, battered wife syndrome." <laughs> But I had to think. Baby mama right, drama. Is this the reason why I'm putting him on child support? Because we're not together? Mm. Oh, we go talk about that. Keep is going. It, is, was that the reason? <laughs> no, no, we can't ask that question yet. We can't ask that question yet. Mm. We jump because away I'm too be far Because I'm going to be very transparent. Ahead. Yes. But there's... Sorry, is it... No, that's, Those are the only two experiences. Because yes. now your fourth child is by your husband. Yes, thank God. So, <laughs> as... Fruitful as that is, we, first foundation we have to put out there is that there are two different types of court systems mm-hmm. as it relates to minor children. Mm-hmm. There's juvenile court for mothers and fathers who are not married. And then there's family court mm-hmm. or domestic relations court, as mm-hmm. they call it, for divorced parents of children. Mm-hmm. They are two Totally different Completely things. different worlds. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's, in many cases, the same experience for the father, if not a worse experience, once you've actually gotten married. Mm-hmm. So we need to talk about that. We need to talk about the distinction between the two. Because I have my own child support mm-hmm. experience, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't have my drink today because somebody took all my names. <laughs> I ain't going to say no names, Dave and But Shana, when the queen but... come in the house. Yeah, it's, the queen it's too, because it's already a queen one. But the queen I don't even, right. I don't even know if Dave was in there drinking that, but he could have been. He you like gotta a little. Tell him Shay he, may be coming. He's so like a little to, mouse coming in the house, and you just right, right. He'll go around in the kitchen, and you don't know he go over there. Right. And then he'll come back in the living room like ain't nothing happened. Right. <laughs> yeah. So my experience, I won't get into a ton of details. Yeah. Most people know I was married twice. I'm married now. No, I don't have a child support issue with my current wife. <laughs> but don't think that ain't possible. We go talk about that. <laughs> right. I do have an ex-wife. And mm-hmm. from my ex-wife, I have my firstborn child, who you know very well, who you mm-hmm. know very well. 
Um, there was a child support situation that came to play when we split up. Mm-hmm. Now, in the state of Ohio, every child support case, every case has a number. Mm-hmm. And the number typically starts with the year of the initiation of the case mm-hmm. and then the case number. Okay. Mm-hmm. My case continued existed until my daughter turned 18. Mm-hmm. My case started in 03. Mm. She didn't turn 18 until what? 2019? 2019. Mm-hmm. I had a 16 year mm-hmm. child support case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, what's interesting about that is for what? Uh, maybe nine of those years, I had full custody of her. Mm. But I still had a 16 year child, child support, support case. case. So we're going to talk about that in a different context. So yeah. imagine a Christmas with nothing to buy. Imagine nothing. what that does to morale and and how children respond to that. Dude. You know, all I can get is like clothes, and last year's models, because all the new new stuff is already gone and never came back in and never got replenished. You know, Dude. you got to have department stores right now going, get all of that shit out of the that we were going to send to Coles or to the homeless shelter and put that shit back on the back shelf because that's all we got to sell. Yeah, we ain't got nothing. These stores is kind of empty. And after a while, we ain't gonna, it's just going to be like nobody has nothing for nobody to buy. Right. And you'll just have money for no reason. <laughs> like, right. I got, I got money. I can't, I can't, I can't buy do nothing. nothing with it. Right. Can't go online and buy nothing. Hey, everybody bought everything. Come online. record a song. Got GB Entertainment Studios with PCB and AJ. Hell yeah. <laughs> Put some content up. Some, You'll make some money off that. Right. I mean, apparently that's where the money being made at, yeah. right? Social media. Yeah. So that, this whole fucking thing is coming full circle. They that's want a, you to sit at a, in the house, stare at fucking Netflix and Hulu, and stare at your fucking phone. It's either get down or lay down. Either you're going to be a consumer or you're going to be the content maker. I just remember what it was I wanted to bring <laughs> up to you. I just remember what it was because of what I just said. Before I get to R. Kelly, because we are going to get to R. Kelly real quick. Did you see the backlash that my man Dave Chappelle is taking? I, hey, I series? didn't. I didn't see his new series. I knew it had just came out, and then they uh, somebody posted something about him saying something about the baby, and I was like, "Wow, did he really say that?" And then I was like, yeah, he said that because that's Dave Chappelle. Right. And I already knew that I don't, it's the council culture, dude. So you gotta, you gotta, well, the, and, and he says what the fuck he wants to say. It would ever come to mind. But, you know, he, <laughs> the, to me, the part about the baby was the funniest. Because yeah. he, like, you know, the baby basically got fucking crucified for the comment he made about the LGBT community. Right. But at the same time, just three, four years ago, he shot and killed a man in a Walmart. Mm-hmm. And it had no bearing on his career. No bearing. <laughs> he's like, you see where I'm going? You see where this is going? He like, Talked about it in his record and everything. Right. My, like, babe, my baby seen me down a nigga and now I do it again. Right. And he was like, Nobody you, can kill a, you can kill a black man and not get in trouble for it. But the minute you say something bad about a gay person, you're canceled? Like what the? I mean, and it was just you know again, it's how his brain works, and it's the way he put it together. But man, but once he said once when I seen it when I read the comment, I was like, wow, 
That is true, though. There's some validity to that, right? Like, dude, we glorify this nigga because he did what he did with that, but he say something about some truth. I ain't going to say it. it I mean, it, it might have been insensitive to that community, but it's kind of true, whatever he was talking about, and it's his opinion. It ain't everybody's opinion. And y'all canceling him? Like, nah, you got to get canceled, bro. Right. Well, you know, like the things somebody we protect. said. Yeah, somebody said, uh, you know, I don't know that I would necessarily call him canceled, even though he's still getting 53 million streams a week on. on yeah, you know, well, well, he he lost some endorsements. Yeah, so he lost they, some they felt right. like they felt like they kind of did their pocket. due diligence yeah. and was like, yeah, we're going to go in your pockets a little bit right. and make some things not happen for you. But it didn't stop no show. He's still out here. Yeah, he's still his doing one his one, too. Right. So but, it, you know, and most of that show kind of mirrored the show that we saw because mm-hmm. it, we saw the very last um, performance that he did in the fields before he went back on tour. Mm-hmm. And this one he did, he said it was his last one. It was in Detroit. You know, that's what, if you watch the episode, you know, but he's, he's constantly harped on for how he treats the gay and transgender community. Mm-hmm. But if you really pay attention to what he's saying, it it's very sense. clear. He's never had an issue with, Trans, I mean, he makes fun of it. Yeah, it's it's an issue for him. It's an easy target for his joke style, but it, there's no hate. No, of any kind. He said, "I'm a." He's like, "I'm a feminist," and I didn't even know it because feminist. If you read, like he, he even said it in the episode, and he said it when we were there. If you look at the definition of feminist, there is no gender. No, associated with feminist, a man or a woman can be a feminist. Mm-hmm. A feminist is just somebody that's that, you know, is dedicated to women's rights. Right. I'm a feminist and I didn't even know it. You right. know what I mean? But people want to make it sound like I hate women and I hate gays and I hate transgenders. And he talked about this one comedian. And when he did it while we were there, he had half the building in tears. And when he did it on the sh- I mean, the, the field, when he did it on the show, he had literally it was like this collective gasp when he made mention to what happened to this individual. And I encourage everybody to watch it. Yeah, watch it. If you genuinely want to understand what this guy represents, especially as it relates to this transgender community, he said, the reason I have a transgender issue is because of the way they treat their own people. Mm -hmm. And in this particular case, it was somebody that I truly cared about. Mm. So fuck them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm in like straight grind mode. Like, okay, we coming to the end of the first full calendar year. When I look at where I was at in January and all I had was an EIN number. Yeah. And a dream. And, and like a dream. this idea. And we was conversating just we about was talk- yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like, I don't even know if this is real. Because it was probably about a year ago right now when I put that post up. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Asking how we wanted to move forward and... It still took a couple of weeks before I even started putting my process in place and then mm-hmm. putting our process in place and all that shit, man. But, man, a year later, it's like, wow. It, it really does take a couple of years to kind of get everything yeah. set I up. Seen, I seen the review. I seen the one review you posted. Of what? Somebody reviewed, said that they, they talked to you and, and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, that was a great review. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, they didn't got a piece of Arthur. I already right. know they good. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was important, man, because, you know, I'm I'm trying to get new clients for the coaching shit. Yeah. And, you know, this one I was talking to was like, you know, I'd really like to know how other people are responding to your input. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, listen to the podcast. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. can hear... 
people's thoughts. You can, you know, at least understand how I work. And she was like, yeah, but do you got any clients that would be willing to speak to your situation? I was like, it's got to relate to yours, though, I would think, in order to be relevant. So we started talking and she started telling me a little bit about herself. And I was like, "Ah, I got a few people that might give give you some insight, you know, because these are personal stories. Personal, You know what I mean? So I put it out there and I asked one individual, I was like, would you mind just writing a review about your situation? Because this individual is kind of coming through a lifestyle change and she wants to know if I'm. If the I'm right capable yeah. of getting her to where she wants to be, and she saw that message, she was like, "Oh, like, yeah, I, th- that that's like my story. Yeah, that's exactly what I need." But I never thought that I would actually find it in somebody. So you know, it's so far so good. You know yeah. what I mean? That's it's, always good, man. I, I I already know whatever you put your hands in is gonna jump. I it's just a matter of time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I appreciate that, and that's. That's what I, I have to believe that in order to keep yeah, going. I otherwise, it. it's like, well, shit, I might as well go back and get me a I am, I am a believer, dude. I'm, I <laughs> believe people, it's still people that still don't believe in you. And I'll be like, nigga, and they ain't got nothing to do with you or anything that you're doing. Right. It's just that they just be yeah, like. Pessimistic. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Some people be just trying to use you to get. Nah, it ain't that, bro. Right. It's something totally different. Y'all, <laughs> right. what y'all doing and what. I'm embarking on, it's going to be two different things when y'all see the ending product. Right. And I already know it. And it's always funny when people are judgmental about something they don't even know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Because nine times out of ten, the people you're talking about haven't actually sat down and had a conversation. No, they you. haven't. Right. And so. if they did have a conversation with you, is they took that, they took away, what they took away from that conversation was you're trying to. Uh, use them to get where you need to be. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, how's, how's somebody going to try to use you? You ain't even got it for you real. You ain't got shit. You I ain't, ain't got it. I ain't talked to nobody that you're familiar with yeah. that is even attempting to have what I've already got, let alone trying to go where I'm trying to go. No, I, you know I, I mean? know it. Because there's no value. Why, why would I offer somebody something they already have? Right. It's Why like, would I dude, take something from somebody that I don't even need from them? I don't. I, need I don't need you. Your, right. I don't need. No, I don't need you. I'm trying to to get to where I'm trying to go into something that's right. going to be big. But we can do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and you know, I I know there are a few people that yeah. we have both talked to yeah, that yeah. were just. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and and those people, <clears throat> I I'd be like, I, I don't comment on a lot of things. Yeah. To it say. don't matter. It's like, dude. At the end of the day, I just I look at them and I'll be like, hmm. Okay. Right. It it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. You know what's funny, man? It's always <laughs> funny. It's always funny how this shit works. What's today's topic? I don't even fucking know. Ain't got the slightest. You never know. You I don't want to never know. know. Unless there's a guest here, you kind of get. Or unless I tune into an Instagram or Facebook post, and I every so often I'll find kinda, it. And I'll, I'll be like, he, oh, that's right. what he's talking about today. Right. When it's R. Kelly, you kind of have to throw that out. <laughs> you got to prepare motherfuckers for that conversation. Prepare like, niggas Trust me Kelly, when I right. tell you, I done got some feedback on that episode. But Ooh, it's, it's crazy. It's been, you know, it's been rather supportive. I got a, I got a message, somebody, because people are chiming in now, and they're leaving me messages on Anchor. And okay. I got a message that was like, you know, it was very brave of you and Ken to take on that topic. And it needed to be addressed from yeah. a male's perspective. Yeah. Of somebody that's not necessarily uh, um, endorsing what he did. No, 
but understands, you know, the ramifications yeah. from his perspective. Because mm-hmm. we know what a black man is going to deal with based on the things he's been charged with and now, you know, convicted for. Yes. And it's it's a serious situation, but there's more to the story. There's more to the impact. There's more to the influence. And while everybody might say, fuck him, he deserves it. There's more to it than that. You know what I mean? There's so much more to it than that. And that's why I say this isn't a referendum on whether or not he was right or wrong. This is just about understanding what people go through. Yeah. And, you know, it just it prompted a few different responses, some of which are pretty colorful. (laughs) Um, But I got another one. And I actually had there was supposed to be somebody. There was somebody I had to ask if they could call in because they wanted to talk about this topic. Okay. Um, Another. Uh, client that's in Massachusetts, I think. Yeah, Massachusetts right now. And uh, she was like, you know, I really want to discuss just people being accepted Mm -hmm. for who they are, regardless of what you might think of them, regardless of how controversial their decision about who they want to be might be, because she lives a, I wouldn't say an alternative lifestyle, but it's not traditional. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of people that get into things that we know about and we talk about, but we don't necessarily embrace. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, we can come on. We could talk about it. And I think at the last minute, some things came up. She just couldn't make it happen or yeah. got cold, whatever situation is. But coincidentally, I get a post, a, 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 a message on Anchor with a guy saying the same thing. He was like, you know, I don't know if you've ever touched on this before, but I really like to hear you talk about. He's, he was like, I really like to know what you think. And I really need to hear you discuss the topic of people just accepting themselves for who they are. Right. Without worrying about what everybody else think. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and I could tell he was younger, um, maybe late teens. I'm not sure. Um, but I could tell that he had been going through some things and he's trying to deal with some identity issues and he's he's frustrated by this idea that if people don't associate with me then I'm kind of the outcast and I don't necessarily want to be seen that way but how much stock should I put into trying to be what everybody else want me to be so when you telling me about these conversations you have and it's like why would anybody expect me to be who they think I should be right and so that's kind of what the topic of today was going to be, and you already brought the shit up yeah. unintentionally. We, but we we intuitive. Yeah, it's it's but it's, 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 it's just you know it's it's one of those scenarios. It's one of those topics where it's so uncomfortable for people to really embrace themselves when they're constantly being judged and measured by everybody else understanding of who they think they are mm-hmm. or who they see themselves as because the fact of the matter is, and I guess this is where it all kind of comes to a head, right? We're going to, again, we're going to start where the issue lies. The issue lies in the fact that regardless of what's going on inside of you, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. The only thing a person will ever, ever, ever measure you by is what you exhaust, what you, what you present to them, mm-hmm. right? You can present yourself as being straight, and actually be gay. Mm-hmm. But nobody will know you're gay except for the person that you're gay with. Right. You can present yourself as gay and actually be straight. And according to the latest news stories, Lil Nas X did both. I, right? I did All of a sudden, that. he got a girlfriend. Like, oh, I was just fucking around. I ain't really gay. 
Well, that's not true. Yeah, can't be true. You're, Sorry, you're, you're, you can't go on national TV and suck face with a dude and say you're not you gay. You are gay, which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. We got to catching up because I hadn't talked to him for a while, and uh, we started talking about something else that had been on my mind, uh, or that had been coming up in conversation, and that's kind of where I wanted to take this conversation. So, he's got a daughter, 24 years old, right? Him mm-hmm. and Maya grew, or his daughter and Maya, kind of grew up together, so to speak. Um, I met him in Florida mm-hmm. when I was when I first moved down here before Maya was even born, obviously, because oh, okay. his daughter's older than hers, older, uh, older than her. And he was my next door neighbor in oh, my okay. very first apartment when I first moved into town. And I was in 1997. Wow. And we still friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't break friendships. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Real good dude can cook his ass off, so we good. Anybody that can cook, I'm cool. Right, right. Like, dude, <clears> I can come cool here and get a meal? Oh, right. you my dude. <laughs> <laughs> He actually introduced me to Giordano's Pizza, too. Oh, wow. Uh, but so we were talking and we were just talking. You know, he's he's dealing with that whole boyfriend. My daughter's grown. You know, she's drinking at the bar. It's one of those things you kind of get used to. But the topic came up because he knows my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Right. He know her very well. And yeah. I know his very well because we, we had very similar situations when we first got together. And we have very similar relationships with them now. And we're in very similar relationships now. Okay. So our lives have kind of married each, excuse me, married each other in two different directions. <clears throat> excuse me. So we got to talking about, you know, what happens if you decide to move that relationship to the next level, if she decides to do it or if our kids decide to do it. And the topic of the collateral family came up. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, because I don't think people realize sometimes you fall for a girl, right? Y'all cool. She hot. Y'all do whatever y'all do. You fall in love with this chick. Then y'all go off on vacation somewhere. Maybe y'all move in close to each other or whatever. Next thing you know, y'all want to get married. That's fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. That's that's the, the, the Hallmark story, right? The Lifetime TV story. But it's when you forget about. Okay, if I marry her, then her brother becomes a part of my family. Right. And her mother becomes a part of my family. And her grandmother becomes a part of my yeah. family. And I can't stand her mama. Can't stand oh, her. Oh, I can't. Her brother don't like me for shit. You know what I mean? And, but you don't. You're so infatuated with the relationship, you start missing some of that collateral family. Mm-hmm. So it's something that, I, you know, that I've heard a lot of people talk to me about. And it's something that I've obviously dealt with twice now because I've been married twice. We can't take it for granted and we can't ignore those relationships on the face of the relationship that you're trying to forge. Right. You know, and there's been times when even me and my wife, you know, we have our issues, our concerns or arguments or whatever you want to call it. And sometimes the the reminding factor the thing that brings me from 10 back to two mm-hmm. is the fact that i really like her mama you know what i mean i would hate to have to deal i would hate to have to disappoint her or her father or her sister because we didn't get close at this point so you start reminding yourself of these other things that really play into those relationships and i don't know that people do that enough mm. Because you see a lot of marriages breaking up and you don't just break up with the person you're with. You leave that whole family. That whole family. You know what I mean? So. (laughs) 
that's the takeaway I want to put on the end of this show. Manifesting your beliefs is how you make them real. Yeah. But be careful that you manifest all the way through. All the way through. You can't you can't create a ceiling. Yeah. Believe in yourself, make that happen. Work hard. Work hard and don't stop dreaming. This is AG's Convos, and we out. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes.